Hello, and welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We want to hear your thoughts on the movies and shows we review. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or our YouTube channel, and we will read them during the show. Or reach out to us on social media. We love talking all things entertainment and pop culture with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hey, Ashley. Hey, girl. Hey. Do you watch cooking shows? No. Can't say really? I really watch cooking shows. I I do watch cooking segments within certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. we're both daytime TV watchers. So I watch the cooking segments within those. I used to watch a bit of Rachel Ray. So obviously, okay. Rachel would be cooking. But I right. can't say, like, I'm a, you know cooking channel watcher anything like that interesting you know I used to be very firm on my stance of never watching people cook because it's like it looks delicious and I can't eat it but when I became more of an adult and started cooking more of my own I learned all types of techniques and tricks and tips along the way and so I really enjoyed it the reason why I asked is because we are recapping apple tv's limited series lessons in chemistry and premiered october 13th 2023 it is a drama rated ma eight episodes long here's the summary set in early 1950s lessons in chemistry follows elizabeth zott whose dream of being a scientist is put on hold in a patriarchal society when elizabeth finds herself fired from her lab she accepts a job as a host on a tv cooking show and sets out to teach a nation of overlooked housewives and the men who are suddenly listening a lot more than recipes cast the series stars brie larson as elizabeth zott lewis pullman as calvin evans Ajay Naomi King as Harriet Sloan. We have Stephanie Cohen as Fran. Patrick Walker as Reverend Wakeley. Eric Evan Jackson as Dr. Leland Mason. Derek Cecil as Dr. Robert Donati. Thomas Mann as Alfred. That bastard. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Paul James as Charlie Sloan and Alice Hilsey as Madeline Zott. Ashley, Rotten Tomatoes gave this series 84% critics, 80% audience score, and Google users 86%. What's your grade for Lessons in Chemistry? Ugh, I'm still been trying to think on what I ultimately want to give this series in terms of my grade I thought it was well cast I enjoyed the storyline some surprises hurt me during my initial watch which we will get into but ultimately this was a show that I came back to week after week and was excited to see what will happen next so for those reasons I'm gonna give lessons in chemistry an A what about you 
I agree. This type of series was a breath of fresh air for me for multiple reasons. One, I missed a really good show. One that you can just sink your teeth into and like get into the characters and it's shot beautifully, visually stunning, costumes, the setting. It was very immersive experience. And I appreciated that about this series. It's very similar to the book. This book I read earlier this year, and it became one of my favorites of the year. I thought Brie did an amazing job as Elizabeth Zott. There were some major changes from the book, but the series standalone was enjoyable. And I also give it a name. To your point about this being a breath of fresh air, because it's been a while since you've seen a show that has been so good in terms of so many elements. This is why I've been raving about Apple TV selection for a while now, because I, even though Apple TV does not have the same level of content as some of the other streamers, when mm-hmm. they do a show for the most part, they do a show really, really well that drops mm-hmm. on Apple TV+. Plus. So I've been impressed for a while now with the selection that they have, and this one is no different. Love that. All right. Spoiler alert. Episode one and two, Little Miss Hastings, her and him. We are in the 1950s. We are introduced to Elizabeth Zott. I have here in my notes, she has a very rigid demeanor. Uh, when we first meet her, it seems like she's constantly going against the grain or swimming against the current. She is a brilliant lab tech at Hastings Laboratories. She just seems like she's constantly trying to be taken seriously. What I find to be interesting themes throughout this story that talks a lot about women's rights, fighting the patriarchy, and then there's obviously elements of race that we'll get into later. In this show, there was visual representation of how the patriarchal mindset infiltrate the women around you as well. So I say this in regards to her relationship with Fran. Immediately, she's trying to do her job as a lab tech and Fran is trying to get her to sign up for Little Miss Hastings, which is a pageant show. I think it's interesting also that everybody calls her stuck up and standoffish, but I think it was a way for her to protect herself. What's your initial reaction towards Elizabeth Zott? She was definitely a little bit robotic. Like I think the majority of the folks outside of the friends who you meet feel like more stereotypical scientists, academic types where they're intellectual, but not necessarily the warmest or have the best, like have have necessarily charisma uh, to the degree you may find in certain other fields. So to that point, I was like, that's a little bit stereotypical of what you would probably find in like a lab setting where even if you're I think the majority of the women that they would encounter there, they are not that, right? So they would have a different personality type. And also to the point of the patriarchy, you were expected to be pleasing. You're expected to be pleasant. You're expected to be laugh at a man's jokes. You're expected to smile. All those things that Elizabeth's not going to play into because she takes herself and her work very seriously. And I deeply respect that because I love as a running theme throughout this entire show, the fact that 
we'll see often in projects that a man is driven by his purpose. And in this case, Elizabeth is so driven by her purpose that it negated any other factors in her life. And I, I deeply respected that about her. And, you know, it's that it's what we talk about all the time on this podcast of being able to fortify yourself because if you're waiting for the world to do it, you'll never find it, <laughs> right? Even though she's a lab tag during the day, at night, she's working on her own experiments. Mm-hmm. And she she takes from another lab from the Dr. Calvin Evans, a material that she needed in her explorations. Speaking of patriarchy infiltrating our sister friends, Fran sees her one night and calls her out to Dr. Donati, who's the director of the Hastings Institute. That conversation was so demoralizing. He said, you're not a chemist. You're not smart enough. And then he not only, to me, it was salt in the wound when he was like, you know, you need to know your place. So you need to sign up for Ms. Little Hastings. I was like- He's a very insecure person. He's very, very insecure person. (laughs) you see it so many times in this show but he was just nasty I really you talk about Alfred me and Donati would have had to throw hands at some point because he was a treacherous treacherous person he's that prime example of someone who punches down right so when the pressure is on him he immediately goes to the vulnerable amongst himself and I I hated him he also had I think one of those Uh, ideas of grandeur that never materialized yeah yes like he wanted more and so he tried to either throw you down throw your self-esteem down because he's not going to be able to live up to whatever potential he feels like he has girl calvin who is the star chemist at hastings realized that he's missing some supplies he goes looking, interrogating everyone in the plays just to confront Elizabeth in his first interactions with her. He calls her a thief and a liar. And again, the jokes were very dry and I was here for it. But he was like, I've talked to people in this office and all they tell me is that all you do is rough people's feathers and that you're self-important. <laughs> she was like, uh... Were they talking about you or me? <laughs> yeah. Have you heard yourself speak? That took hey. me so much. Pot calling the kettle black for sure. And he calls her a secretary. And she was like, well, I'm not. And he didn't believe her. What did you think about this meet you? He did not give a good first impression whatsoever. He was very abrupt. He was very rude. Very. He did not give Elizabeth an opportunity to really speak. And so he was on my shit list at first. Easy, easy. And when he goes to friends, because of course he needed to talk to a manager, right? <laughs> he was like, I want her to be reprimanded. And Fran was like, if she's one of my girls, she's getting fired. He's like, oh, I don't want all that. <laughs> to me, this is where I felt like you started to see his heart when Fran confirms that, oh, she has a master's in chemistry and she is indeed a lab tech. So she was telling the truth. So Calvin was trying to make it right at the grand Little Miss Hastings event. She wasn't giving him the time of day initially. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the conversation of the male gaze, because that's a major topic throughout this entire um, series as well. 
did you hear the girl in the pageant say oh yeah my group paid me ten dollars to show a little skin yes what yes yep and her ball the guy who was over her department the aminos department was like oh, that's a great idea i mean it's not far-fetched that's what's sad is like that's not girl. remotely far-fetched at all and you know <laughs> i think we've been blessed because i mean just even thinking about all of the conversations we've been having recently, the sexual assault, these high-powered men, there's always something. Yeah. I mean, at least in this case, nobody but Elizabeth seemed like they were doing this against their will, but... <laughs> yeah, true. True. It's still a position that society is putting them in more so than, you know, obviously things progress over time and things have changed. Some people, some women still like to do beauty pageants and do all of those things, but there's there's been a progression of, you know, ladies having more control and power over even those sorts of opportunities and how they choose to um, use them. I agree. We find out that Elizabeth herself has dealt with trauma dealing with men in the office. In episode two, they talk about her betrayal of her PhD university mentor. That was a hard scene to watch. Girl, him feeling entitled to her when all she wanted to do was be the best. It's also always this crazy moment to me every time I have to watch the depiction of a sexual assault or a rape of the switch from friendly to monster in those sorts yeah. of situations. Like at first you're helping me, you're helping my career, you're drawing stuff. And then all of a sudden you lock the door and I tell you, I don't have an interest in you. How is it that that does not compute in your mind to say, well, then that's it. That's fine. I need to go. Like, I don't think I'll ever be able to wrap my mind around that because I mean, most of the time rape isn't about the sex, it's about power, but it just seems like it happened so prevalently and it was really hard to watch. I was so glad that she stabbed that man and got some level of justice in the moment, Yeah, but- so hard to watch so hard to watch but let's go back to the little miss hastings event calvin wanted to apologize to her tell her that he was sorry for making assumptions in light of all that he also got sick and she drove him home (laughs) so like way to get to know a person i thought he was being dramatic when he was talking about his allergies that yeah that was so real right after she helped him home the next day he goes and meets her in the cafeteria and they start talking to each other and they realize that in fact that they are both brilliant (laughs) they have great conversations and are able to bounce ideas off each other but one of the things that I love so much is how food was essentially the if I'm using chemistry turns like a a binding element Mm -hmm. (laughs) to bringing them together. And it was the lasagna that was the first meal that he's ever had from her. One of the joys of doing this particular recap is watching it a second time. And there are so many Easter eggs that when you were watching it the first time, you completely miss or I shouldn't say you miss, you understand the seeds as the series goes on, but like being able to revisit it and seeing like, oh, the lasagna means so much to her. (laughs) 
because of her relationship with Calvin. It was our introduction to her show in the first episode, Supper at Six, her making her famous lasagna, but it being burned. And that's symbolic. They have this wonderful relationship, so much so that he invites her to be his lab tech and to go in on this research proposal with the the Ramson Foundation that he's won and actually has given him the fame and glory that he's had so far. Things are going well until one day he decides to close the door. And we've already highlighted it, but Elizabeth is not comfortable. One thing that I do appreciate about her character is that once her mind is made up, it is, (laughs) it's a wrap. She's like, it's a mistake. And then she just left him. In episode two, she goes to Fran to try to get her being Kelvin's lab tech revoked so she can have another transfer. And Fran pretty much told her, no, I told you so. You know, I have here, Ashley, do you think Fran is a snitch or just a busybody? Because she was very slick with how she talked to Elizabeth. Like, oh, well, you're the ones with your legs open wide to the most powerful chemist in the Institute. You got to stick with it. I'm like, you are just saying any old thing right now. And I don't appreciate it. Yeah, Fran definitely felt like a foe for a while in the series because she felt like, you know, where's the woman to woman camaraderie where is the can i have you back a little bit in these moments but i think that workplace dynamic was much more volatile for everybody and that included fran that we didn't realize until later right that the pressures that all of them were under especially under the thumb of donati because like i say he was a treacherous human being So who knows what type of interactions happened that we didn't see on camera because Fran is a secondary character, but she definitely did not feel like she was a friend uh, for a while. I agree. Because Elizabeth didn't have anywhere to go, I put in my notes, bad bitches to the left, money bitches to the right. (laughs) She split that room down in half. I was like... (laughs) She is not to be played with. And Calvin is just confused and hurt. So much so that he's like, I'm sorry for whatever I did. I am sorry. I respect Elizabeth and her boundaries, but could there have been a better way? Communication. (laughs) Could have just let him know what the trigger was and that it should not happen again. You know, because she had said previously, I like to keep the door open, but she didn't specify the levels to which that would trigger her or upset her. And so I think, again, we talked about it last week. Everybody handles trauma differently. So I don't want to put any judgment on Elizabeth for how she handled it. But watching the show, I felt Calvin's frustration because I was like, ma'am, can you just let him know? Y'all were working on this together. Y'all both having a good time. Just let him know, like, hey, leave that door open. Don't ever close this door again. It's not cool. I can't handle it. But we had to have a little drama because it's a show. It is a show. And, you know, they're working dynamics. Again, I could tell that he was falling for her when he was willing to adjust his music preferences. So sweet. (laughs) It was so sweet. And then when... You not only spend the whole day with each other, 
you start calling her up at night like <laughs> i have this idea okay sure <laughs> we meet 6 30 elizabeth dog and he becomes a major player in calvin and elizabeth's dynamic when she was able to confront calvin with her insecurities which came after donati threatening her freaking job because calvin don't get me wrong he was the quintessential eccentric genius right he didn't follow the rules he had to have his own space and he didn't show up to board meetings even when he was supposed to right (laughs) i mean even on that day he didn't even come up to work she went to his house just to say hey they're threatening our jobs i need the door open as you mentioned but then calvin's frustration is the fact that she left with no explanation and boy oh boy he was a freaking orphan so no wonder he was tortured abandonment issues girl girl i was like oh y'all are killing me out here but they were able to work things out and again knew he was falling when he wanted to introduce a piece of himself to her through rowing this show so, did make me want to try rowing. I'm not going to lie to you about that. I was like, I have, a, I have a rower like right here. Wow. Do you use it often? <laughs> I need to use it more. According to David, I don't use it enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember in high school, the principal telling me and another student, we should consider it because, you know, it looked good to certain schools, whatever, whatever. And I was like, okay, whatever. But watching this show, I was like, I do like the discipline of it. I do like the precision of it. I do like the exercise of it all of that like it it was intriguing so I was like oh y'all may make me have an appreciation for rowing maybe I'll give it a try after I finally get these swim skills together though because I'm not trying to die like Elizabeth almost did what did you think about the humor in the show was it was it something that was hard to catch I don't feel like it was evident in every episode but I I got a cackle when it came to Elizabeth and Calvin's dialogue I can't say I had too many like laugh out loud moments like I would chuckle or giggle here and there but it was no like you know big humor moments for me the way that it is with some other projects it was subtle so but there was a lot there was a lot going on in every episode so it made sense to me that's not really the point no I know but it tickled me so much when she's so serious and very analytical and he's like I want to teach you how to swim and she's just going down the list and he's like we can just start with bubbles <laughs> i related to that scene so much because i had to do the put your head put your face in and blow the bubbles as well so i was like mm. but too bad i wasn't making out with my swim instructor so so cute so they work extremely well together the holidays came along their relationship progressed he asked her to move in with them the research continued But unfortunately, the board rejected their proposal because she's not a quote unquote scientist. He was going to put her name first, something that she had never experienced. And they weren't interested in supporting the research, even with the revolutionary ideas they had because she was a woman. Do you think there was some validity to the rejection from the board? The validity that I saw in it was about the fact that it would be an issue in terms of their reputation in the industry and in the scientific community because it would have been and that's unfortunate but that was factual she does not have a PhD she um, is coming 
over top of their star, a star in the industry. Um, and obviously at that time also being a woman. So I understood what they were saying, but I wish that at the time there had been the availability of, well, we can be the first and we can break some barriers. And if Calvin is supporting her, then that must mean that it's going to lead to validity amongst the community, right? They could have stepped out on faith about it instead of, you know, follow, wanting to follow along with, you know, the rules of what had already been established. That's the only way you break boundaries. Somebody has to be the first. So absolutely, I understood their point, but Donati, obviously the piece of shit he is, was never going to sign on for it. And Very then you true. had the other guy who was the, his boss, who seemed, even though he seemed more on board with what Calvin wanted, is all about the bottom line as well. So it was unfortunate because Elizabeth is smarter than pretty much everybody else except Calvin. Exactly. And I say except because they seem pretty fairly equal, not because she probably wasn't still exactly. smarter than him. But I'm glad that you say that because do you feel like he was willing to work with her because he respected her brilliance? Or do you feel like he was just desperate initially and, and appreciated someone with new ideas? I think he re- I think he realized how smart she was in their initial conversations. I think he appreciated her intellect. I think he appreciated her knowledge and the way that she um, looked at the world and then especially when it came to chemistry I think the idea she had about abiogenesis and all these things were exciting because it was things that he probably had thought about but just had not gone down the avenue of wanting to explore it further the way Elizabeth had because he was kind of I got the sense that Calvin was getting burnt out because of all the pressure yes that was on his shoulders of maintaining this superstar reputation that he had to come up with something innovative research-wise all the time right Um, I mean he was the workhorse of that facility you know truly so I definitely think he absolutely respected Elizabeth and her uh, intellect but at the same time yes I think that she helped reignite his passion for what Mm -hmm. he was doing because he was feeling very burnt out and probably overworked by the pressure they decided to move forward anyway Despite the rejection, of course, that hallway speech of you are what I treasure most in the world and we are inevitable was everything I loved and more. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. I love that they were resilient. They had really interesting conversations one-on-one outside of their work in life and in chemistry. Is it necessary that it's unpredictable? Hmm. Well, I was only a chemistry major for a quarter, so I don't know about in chemistry, <laughs> but <laughs> in life, I think the excitement of life is the unexpectedness of it for sure. I think if we knew, at least for me, I don't want to know the the hour or the how of when I die. I don't want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next week. And I think that those things continue to make life exciting and worth living so I definitely agree with the necessity of being unpredictable of life being unpredictable and leaving room for the surprise the unknown Mm -hmm. Calvin was ready to propose and Elizabeth was firm in the fact that she was not interested in being anybody's wife or mother she wanted none of it Ashley and he respected it What do you think 
being a wife and mother meant for Elizabeth? And do you feel like there are similarities to women of today? Did he respect it if he was still got a ring and was still planning to propose? Did he respect it? I struggled with that a little bit. He had the ring he talked about forever and she said no, and he never gave it to her. So I think that had he lived longer, he would have still proposed at some point. I think there was supposedly this understanding between them that I never saw Elizabeth vocally say that somehow their relationship was this game changer on her mentality. Um, Because even when he went and got the ring, he said, you know, she doesn't want to get married and stuff, but things are different now. Things have been different, like since we met type vibe. And I'm like, that sounds good. But she did say that she never wants to get married. So where's the respect in that decision? Um, What do I think marriage and children mean for her versus women of today? I think at that time she said it perfectly when she said women have the choice to either be mothers or anything else. I think we're talking about the era in which she is um working and an adult there was the idea that women's place was in their household taking care of their husband taking care of their children we even see that later on with some commentary with some ladies who have dreams and ambitions that they are not pursuing yet because they no one has encouraged them to do so and that's why I said earlier I think I'm so impressed by Elizabeth especially in that time of having such a strong sense of purpose and deciding that that was what made her life worth living for her and not Mm. the societal expectations of getting married having a family all these things women today obviously thank god for the (laughs) women who have broken barriers and the changes we've seen because we have so many options now um there's still discrimination there's still obstacles there's still pay inequality and pay (laughs) gaps and all these things we have to overcome but women today can have children and still have phenomenal careers and get married however that looks for them and and do all of the things so there definitely is a lot more choice now in terms of being able to have a family life marriage children all that as a woman and being able to have a successful career and purpose and that's beautiful but I do think that there were limitations more limitations in Elizabeth's era in 1950s she would have been up against now Elizabeth was unique in that I think she could have handled it and she does handle it yeah but there were obstacles for sure I think it's interesting because this this whole entire series is based off a debut novel Bonnie Germas who I love her story she is 66 years old now this book came out in 2022 so she was in her 60s when she had her debut novel, reached the New York Times bestseller, and then got picked up and become a freaking Apple TV series. Like, shout out to that all in itself. There is no timetable on your dreams. Period. Okay, let's let's remember that. But I think what's so interesting about the book and as well as the series is this is fiction, right? But she, I think she does a really good job highlighting the plight of women of the 1950s I just find it very fascinating it also reminds me of Queen's Gambit a bit too like extraordinary women doing extraordinary things unfortunately they're not real and you wish they were (laughs) Mm -hmm. well there are uh, women in history you can find who were examples in these industries thankfully and did pave the way for the fictional characters to have existed in someone's imagination 
But I love that reference to the Queen's Gambit. Thinking about the trauma and the constant belittling that she experienced in the workplace just to try to do something different. I was thinking like, how did women and then people of of color do such extraordinary things with, I mean, suffocating oppression? Like, don't get me wrong. It's not easy now, but it's not like it was back then. Mm -mm. That's why older generations be like, y'all are soft because (laughs) you would not have survived in my day have the conversation of so many people who have gotten married and had kids because it was expected of them not because they made up in their own mind like yes this is a path I wanted yes this is you know what I mean I mean honestly it's a question I ask myself all the time <laughs> like is this you know in the things that I'm doing in my life is this the path I want to go down absolutely and you only know by trying them I think I heard somebody say that recently is like you know you can't stop yourself from doing things that you haven't necessarily yet experienced to know whether or not they'll be the right path for you like there's no guidebook for anybody right so you have to go through the experience and then decide yay or nay you know harder for when you have a baby because there's no take backs you know yes (laughs) once you have a baby (laughs) ain't nothing we can do oh but I saw that video on Instagram where she's like there's we have to understand there's a difference between a choice and a decision. So you can choose and you can explore it, but then decide, you know what, this ain't for me. So with the exception of children, of course, <laughs> I'm going to do something different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do have the autonomy to do that. So mm-hmm. girl, episode two ends with Calvin getting hit by a bus. My mouth was on the floor. So that didn't happen in the book. It did not happen in the book. Wow. So in the book, this is what happened. So in the neighborhood, you had to have your dog on the leash. And Elizabeth bought Calvin the leash for 630 for his jogging. It was a rainy day and 630 hated the leash. And Calvin slipped and hit his head Mm. so his death was actually a slow death in the book which was also I'm telling you when I got to that part I hadn't mourned a character in a very long time in a book and when he died I was like I felt hollow (laughs) I was like I guess better that he got hit by a damn bus so that's what I was trying to say Ashley it's like he bled out and he was found but not in enough time and then he died So I'm like, I don't even know what's better because when he got hit by this bus, my mouth was just agape and I was just in shock. What just happened? And you just replay like all the things he probably could have done to avoid it. Well, it was foreshadowed in episode one. He was running and stopped short. Um, So it was definitely foreshadowed. And I had a feeling that when he was tugging on, like, oh, this ain't about to work out. But I did not really suspect that, like, Calvin is dead episode two, right? We got a season to go, you know what I'm saying? We got episodes. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Like, go Elizabeth, here. did you even have that man for a year? Like, damn. Episode three, that's one of the things she said at his funeral. I didn't know him long enough. That broke my heart. It was heartbreaking. The only thing I said to my mom as we watched this was, 
sometimes does it help during the grieving process to think about how full she made his life before he lost it you know what I'm saying like does it give you any solace or comfort just to think about how happy and how full his life was before I'm getting emotional oh I'm sorry I'm like (laughs) Calvin orphan boy all he wanted was love so in the book the dog did have a narrative he didn't talk to anybody but you got insights of 6 30 did the dog narrative take away from the story for you it was a bit goofy for a minute it took me aback because I'm like we just had this tragic moment and now y'all giving me a BJ Novak voiceover <laughs> from 6 30 like what is happening he, first of all y'all sent that damn dog to war like that's not a wartime dog no, and I was, I have that in my notes. I was like, so 6.30 was an AWOL service. <laughs> Seriously. Like what? No, who sends that type of dog off to fight like that? You know, that's not a breed you would expect to see. And that's not the dog in the book either. So I thought it was interesting choice. I'm like, could they not find? I forgot what type of dog it was, but that was like borderline a a, a, a poodle. It was, a golden, it was like a golden a doodle, golden, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like those dogs didn't exist in 1950. Yeah. <laughs> so. Those are the latest designer breed that people just adore. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I it was a little goofy, but still, I mean, I guess interesting because one would think like, would the dog feel bad because it, the, you know, the dog was there and experienced the trauma yeah. of seeing its owner massacred by this bus. And I'm assuming that wasn't pretty when Calvin Girl. got hit by that bus. I mean, you see one shoe laying on the ground. So Girl. tragic. Insanity. Ah, that took me by surprise. Do you think she blamed the dog? Well, when the dog was talking about her not touching them and all this and that, I was like, well, maybe there was some level of her being upset. But I think it was probably more so just her feeling overall grief because Elizabeth is so analytical. I don't think that she would blame the dog. There's, It's not the dog's fault. Why was he not looking where he was going is more would be more of the question she might have than, oh, the dog has something to do with this. I did like how we didn't get any dialogue from her because... I think it just really demonstrated her grief. Like she didn't say a word for like several minutes of this episode. We knew that both Elizabeth and Calvin essentially only had each other. I had in my notes in the previous episodes, like they are two lonely souls that no family that met each other, but girl, they cleared his lab and stole their research. I'm just gonna let that marinate because it just I was taken aback, right? But it's like they didn't they didn't respect her. So it wasn't like they were gonna hand it over to her. At this point, they were claiming that it was Hastings property, or they were holding on to it in case a long lost sibling comes along. Damani presented Alfred with the research and said, Hey, let's work through it. It took me to rewatch it to realize Alfred, when we first were introduced to him, he was working off of someone else's quote unquote research, building off of someone established research. So I'm like, oh, so he ain't new to this. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth is pregnant, Ashley. Talk about something that she didn't expect uh, to happen ever. 
in her life. <laughs> um, I thought that frog pregnancy test was wild. I had mm-hmm. never seen anything like that in my life. I was like, what is this? Elizabeth meets Harriet Sloan. We got a chance to see her a little bit interacting with Calvin. Her character is completely different from the book. Um, there mm. are no black people in the book, frankly. Mm. And in the series, there's black people all over the place. I'm like, yo, you not only have Harriet, but you also have Reverend Wakely. Like, yes. And Calvin Shout lives out. in a black neighborhood. <laughs> he bought a house in a black neighborhood. And when I tell you none of that happened in the book, but it was something that was pleasantly surprising to see in the series. Harriet is a mom of two and a wife of a surgeon. She has aspirations of being a lawyer. As we get to know her through the series, there's this interesting dynamic between her and her husband on what to do with their careers but the expectation when kids are in the conversation is that the woman takes care of the kids and everything else becomes essentially the back burner what did you think about Harriet's character and then what did you think about her husband um I enjoyed Harriet a lot in this um especially the the level of accountability she had um, for everybody, like yeah. of needing support, of asking for support um, in the efforts to help the community and help stop, you know, the destroying of her neighborhood, of a prominent Black neighborhood that they tried to say was, what they what they call it? Some, some specific word that she was like, I'm trying to understand the word, you know, because my husband is this and we have this person here and this person here. So I'm trying to understand the wording you're using. And, you know, I think having a a character like Harriet, another strong woman to play off of Elizabeth was also nice because I think Elizabeth needed that support that Harriet provided. You know, I don't want to get into the whole magical Negro situation that we've had with other projects. You know, I was thinking about it. Yeah. But she was, she was, I mean, she was a great support. She was a great friend that Elizabeth needed um, throughout this series as she's trying to navigate her life moving forward. And Harriet was so strong on her own. And so also a woman at that time who was fighting for something and had such a strong purpose and such a strong will. So her dynamic with her husband was great because she was not just about to sit back and be Dr. So-and-so's wife. You know what I'm saying? She's like, well, I put my dreams on the back burner after we had the first kid, after the second kid. But guess what? I'm about to go ahead and get take this bar exam. Exactly. I'm about I'm to be ready. a lawyer. I'm ready to be a lawyer, honey. Okay. And he was yes. like, wait, did I become Mrs. Uh Mr. Such and Such while I was gone or whatever? But he Absolutely. always he said it with a humor. He was never being aggressive about trying to diminish her or diminish her dreams. And I appreciated, mm-hmm. I appreciated that. But there was still an expectation that his career came first, though. I think there was, but I think that there, at least in their relationship, there was room left for her to do the things that she wanted to do Yeah, at the same time. I agree. Harriet's character in the book was an older white lady who had a husband who was lazy. He just sat on the couch. He went to work, sat on the couch, expected her to do everything. And (laughs) she was the nosy neighbor who was like, who is this peculiar young woman who's making a lab out of her kitchen? (laughs) Mm. That did happen. Um, But what I did appreciate about the series is with the introduction of African-American characters, 
they had a real life topic that impacted so many communities of color in that time. Mm -hmm. Like all the highways that we have come to love and learn have flattened countless communities of color by the government. Hello. And a lot of these places have been since forgotten. And so I think it was important that they highlighted that and they, they did something with it. I have to say, I did not enjoy the, the beating on black bodies when they did their protest. I do think overall they were responsible with the depiction of black people in this story. Elizabeth is going through it, Ashley. She is pregnant. She is grieving and she lost her job because back in the day, women did not stay employed when the employers found out that she was pregnant and then that's why i'm like did friend snitch on her again like when she was up in the um restroom and she had her skirt hooked up and friend was right there i'm like girl can you mind your own business yeah i don't know if that was friend in that case uh or it just had become apparent to a lot of people but friend was the one who were seeing in the bathroom but they did have her in the meeting so again it, it kept making friends seem like like what are you doing up until that point but yeah we'll see later some additional details about Fran. elizabeth is rage renovating she is making her kitchen into a laboratory she out here asking sloan for an axe <laughs> I'm like, poor baby. The bills are due. What I love about Elizabeth is that she was resourceful. She started hustling. She was brilliant and everyone she worked with knew that she was brilliant. And she had these scientists coming to her door with her baby in in tow to make a living for herself. Elizabeth giving birth and naming the baby mad was hilarious to me in the fact that for her to be so brilliant i'm like why are you naming your baby mad (laughs) like i don't know what advice that nurse was giving her name your child based off how you feel right now (laughs) she said okay (laughs) no one expects it to be literal but i guess that's elizabeth for you especially in the moment because she just woke up like you drugged me I didn't give my consent for that. We get a time jump seven years later. And Mad is working on a family project, a family tree. She also has a friend who likes to eat her school lunch. <laughs> and Elizabeth is like, oh no, I feed you for you to grow. She confronts Mad's friend, father, Walter, who is a TV producer I thought it was interesting that she gave him food. I'm like, this is an interesting way to confront him. Oh, by the way, here's a chicken pie pie. <laughs> and guess what? It got her her very own cooking show. I, I do appreciate the twists and turns of these type of fictional stories. It's not as crazy as like Forrest Gump, whereas like the, the, the twists and turns are like aligned with like major historical moments right Mm. but the threads of this story and how they all tie together i i really did enjoy how they how they came together to become this tapestry mad is such a precocious little girl and this is not surprising considering she has two brilliant parents i put here she is a circle in a square peg (laughs) 
what were your impressions of Little Mad? Such a sweetheart. I really enjoy the little actress who portrayed her. She has such like a wide-eyed innocence and yet obviously so intelligent and so like had her a similar vibe of her mother and like a level of um thoughtfulness and kindness that I appreciated about her, especially at such a young age, again, with the giving your friend your lunch and wanting to know more about her father. Like that definitely tugged at my heart with the wanting to go down the the family tree and figure some things out. And just that whole journey for her of trying to figure out ultimately who he was to help better understand who she is. I thought that was really sweet. Elizabeth gets the green light on her new show on a low rated station, a show called Supper at Six. Uh, she has some awful dress rehearsals and Phil is a simple man who is obsessed with the male gaze. I think he told Walter that he wanted someone who was maternal, but fuckable. In terms of Elizabeth's audience, women loved her show, but the men hated it. Were we surprised? No. I Still to this day, I feel like men don't gravitate as much towards content that is more women-led and women-focused. Um, that's still something I feel like we experience. So no surprise at all. I agree. I feel like men have a hard time, like when it comes to like women comedians, it's like, why don't you find this funny? Mm-hmm. Like so much change is going on. And as I mentioned, you know, Mad is a brilliant child, so much so that her teacher is recommending that she attends private school. Elizabeth sees this opportunity to have the show and put Mad you know, in a good space, but Matt is feeling neglected. Was this bound to happen, Ashley? Well, with her being an only child and I think Elizabeth, her being used to having Elizabeth around more based on, you know, her schedule and all of that makes total sense to me that she would feel a level of like neglect from her mother. And I mean, she, that's her, that's her ride. That's her buddy. You know what I'm saying? It's been the two of them. Her whole life. So her absolutely. Whole life. It would feel like you're losing like not only your parent, but like your best friend, essentially. So it made total sense to me. But it was also fun to see how Elizabeth navigated this because most people who want this type of opportunity would navigate the fame and all of that differently than Elizabeth, yes. who she has this is not an opportunity she ever sought out, doesn't care about. And just to see the level of like care she had for her audience, for her messaging, for the way she created the show. I just enjoyed seeing all of that kind of come together. That was actually one of my questions, Ashley, to you. Would you watch it? And then would you eat her food? I would definitely try her food. Would I have watched it? Like I said, I'm not necessarily a a cooking show person, but I think the intrigue of the way that Elizabeth approaches it from a her delivery yeah from a standpoint of helping teach you more and empowering the audience in certain ways with knowledge I think that would have been something that would have probably reeled me in at the time and then the opportunity to go see it live in person I mean I love still to this day going to see something taped live in person so for sure episode six we get some background we get a flashback of Elizabeth's life we were able to get a little bit of insight when she was talking to Calvin during the Christmas holiday about her family's faith and her losing her brother. But we actually got a chance to see firsthand her family dynamics. I, I think one of the things that I love most about the show is the character development 
of course, when we first meet Elizabeth, she's just, as I mentioned before, very rigid. And we got a chance to see some of her corners soften with her relationship with Calvin and then with her relationship uh, with Mad and her found family with Harriet and the Sloan family. But when it came to her faith, she was just always very adamant about like, I am atheist. <laughs> so it's Calvin, but she was just very, very starch on that. And we find out that that it's because her her dad was a traveling evangelist who wasn't necessarily touched by God. That's so disappointing. You're shaking your head, Ashley. I'm just shaking my head because when she said my father is a preacher, so my relationship with religion is complicated. I felt that in my soul. Um, and <laughs> the background to be able to see that not only was her father um, falsely proclaiming to um, be, you know, this prophet of God, but also the tragedy of what happened to her brother um, totally explained her isolation and removal of herself from her parents and why she doesn't really speak about her family. I was waiting for a little bit of that Alabama dialect to slip in on occasion because how are you from Alabama <laughs> and you have no trace of an accent? No. But she's been living in Cali. Actually. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. But y'all could have threw in a little something every now and again to give me a glimpse of her roots. But it was um, interesting to see and, tra- and very sad as well to see what ultimately happened with um, the dissolution of her family. Absolutely. One of the things her brother talks about is living a lie will eat you up inside. For the show, Phil was pushing products that Elizabeth did not agree with. And she was firm in, you know, not properly promoting it. And as a result, she and the crew were were suspended for three days. And the crew confronted her about it. Was she wrong? to stand up for what she believe in or does she need to be a little bit more aware of the impact of her decisions? I think it was important for her to understand and be thoughtful about how she navigated the business side of what she was doing because to her hairdresser's point, there are more people to consider than just yourself when you are the star and their livelihood is dependent on you. But this also then goes back into our whole thing about, you know, during the writer strike and Drew Barrymore saying, I feel like I need to go back into the production for the sake of more than just, you know, the consideration of WGA, but my staff, I think yeah. there are times where you have to make hard decisions based on, what you believe in and what you agree with and I personally did not fault Elizabeth for this because at the end of the day I'm not making this stand to be um contrarian to the boss I'm making it for the health of, of my audience. my viewers and so yeah. I wish more people had that level of morality with the mm. products that they push because we see a lot of people pushing shit that is extremely harmful to us and backing it and they don't even consume themselves. But they don't care about their audience. That's why I said before, I appreciated the thoughtfulness and the kindness that Elizabeth had towards her audience. And so I, I understood the hairdresser's point. I think she did a good job of taking that in and understanding so she could move forward differently. But at the end of the day, stand on that because you are influencing all these women now and you don't want to be responsible for making them or their family sick. So true. <laughs> I love how I don't think I've ever seen it visually on screen the 
dynamic between a white woman and a black woman in America when it comes to some of the social issues. You have feminism and then you have womanism. Womanism is what a lot of the black liberators gravitated towards because they felt like, you know, our white sisters weren't supporting us the way we needed to be supported. And the conversation between Harriet and Elizabeth on the night where Elizabeth wore pants on TV, but then Harriet is talking about, you know, losing votes for her entire community. (laughs) And she's just like, yes, you're always talking about, you know, giving it to the man, but I am talking about this entire community, one that you also live in. And so what are you going to do about it? And of course, Elizabeth is gun shy because she just got suspended. But it's like, let's put some things in perspective. I appreciated the pressure that Harriet put on Elizabeth. Like, wake up. I think she needed, like I said, the strength of a character like Harriet, a woman like Harriet throughout this series and particularly in these moments to help her understand and see beyond herself beyond the issues that just impact her even though this does impact you too you live in this community but to have that glimpse into others struggles and what other people are going through was invaluable for her episode seven low-key kind of good at me (laughs) i feel like you know going into the series you feel like this story is solely about elizabeth but this story is equally about calvin as well as we mentioned previously matt is working on a family tree project and she started digging into her father's things and she came across a letter and we find out that calvin was reverend wakeley's pen pal for years like what are the freaking odds oh my gosh But even before we get to that point, we get the flashback of Calvin being in the orphanage and literally doing some serious bootlegging for the church. (laughs) That priest lied about his life to Calvin's family lawyer, and he was stuck in that orphanage feeling like no one cared for him. It's treacherous. Special place in hell for him, in my opinion. You robbed him of knowing his mother, knowing that he was loved and that his mother was had been looking for him and always wanted him. Um, robbed him of potentially was about to rob his child of knowing more about him. Girl. I mean, he was a treacherous human being. Awful. I put in my notes, I'm like, this dusty man, like, how dare he? How dare he? For greed. You put your trust and you put your trust into, again, I say this a lot, spiritual, religious leadership. And this, and I mean, this man was a priest. Okay. And he would do that to an innocent child. So, yep, it's treacherous. Crazy. What did you think about Calvin's conversation with Reverend Wakely on science? and religion one of the quotes that i thought was interesting was that science is the how and religion is the why and as kevin fell in love with elizabeth he was like she's the why and the how (laughs) 
I enjoyed it. I mean, it was unexpected, this correspondence and both men's appetite for each other's curiosity was refreshing because so often people get stuck on their sides of the fence and don't necessarily want to hear a differing perspective. And the fact that even though they had these, some would say stark differences, um, they developed such a strong bond and such a strong friendship. And I think there's something that we can all take from that. (laughs) And um, especially today and try to uh, learn from And I think it just added an extra layer to Calvin to get to see him interact with people other than his colleagues and Elizabeth uh, throughout the show. And again, her outer mask was very similar to his. Like he acted that way because he didn't trust anybody to come into his orbit, frankly. Right. So he did what he did well and he kept to himself. And so to see him open up to a pen pal and to your point for them to be on opposite sides and still find the camaraderie was beautiful to see in the final episode introduction to chemistry we learn a lot a lot of these things tie up very well i think i base my grade on series and movies on how well they end because the ending is 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 if not more important than <laughs> the introduction to these stories facts we find out that Wilson, the the gentleman who showed up at the orphanage many years ago, was Calvin's biological mother's lawyer. And she was behind the Rimson Foundation, the one that the Hastings laboratory literally leaned on to maintain operations. She was a teenage mother and her parents took her her son away and the fact that she donated to boys home within a certain radiance i'm just like this this story is killing me i am just like (laughs) she was determined to find her baby and i think the part that really saddens me was the fact that he sent a cease and desist letter to her not knowing Mm -hmm. that she was truly in fact his mother but the heartache that she went through not only having her child ripped away from her, but being lied to thinking that your child was dead Mm -hmm. just to find out that, oh no, he's thriving. Her parents were something else. I don't think I've felt such an injustice of that caliber since maybe like the mom in the notebook and her keeping Noah's letters. Um, Mm. But at least in that case, there was an opportunity to reconcile um, without someone having passed away. That's horrible to be robbed of that life together. That was really upsetting to me. I love that his name was based off a theologian who believed in predestination, because I feel like that is definitely the overarching theme of this series. And the fact that the brilliance come from the mother, because who knows? Do you know theologians you want to name your child after? (laughs) (laughs) I think when it comes to Elizabeth I admire her ability to pivot despite the challenges that she's faced and just still being clear-eyed on her vision and it did take Matt to remind her too that she's like you you belong in the lab mom and she walked away from her show supper at six I mean Phil was out here putting a lot of pressure on her on her too. Thumbo, she needed a new sponsor. And she was just like, fine then. 
tampons <laughs> and in the 1950s they didn't show belly buttons so there's no way tampons would have been a legit <laughs> sponsor on a television show do you think it was a hard decision for her to make to return to science and complete her doctorate i don't think it was a hard decision at all i think that she had felt she needed the steady paycheck from the tv gig because at that time especially tv was playing good um but to her daughter's point and to what she we've seen of her in this entire series she wants to do science she wants to do chemistry that is what drives her and so i was curious to see where we were going to go from the show because i didn't know what was going to happen next but excited i'm excited for her because again, she never wanted to host a television cooking show. That's not the path she wanted to go down. And so I have no doubt that, um, you know, she was excited to get back to to her work. And for the groundbreaking work that I'm sure she would do for the world, it's a great thing to have her back in the lab. Absolutely. Fran shows up in Elizabeth's life again after her time at Hastings. And Elizabeth hires her and she becomes a friend. What did you think about that development? Well, that's why I said before we, it had seemed like we couldn't tell where their friend was going to be her enemy, what was going on throughout the show. But that just, again, spoke to the toxic environment, toxic work environment. That was that Hastings laboratory and probably the pressures that Fran was also under. So I'm glad that they had that reconciliation and that Fran became a more likable character got a better understanding of her and that they were able to form a bond and a real friendship and were you surprised that alfred turned into the new donati no (laughs) not at all he was on the path already he just finally had a reason to step out of the snaky shadows (laughs) what are your final thoughts for lessons in chemistry are they going to do a second season or was this a limited series my understanding is that it's a limited series. Okay. Because I was very curious to see if we were going to get a chance to see a season two journey with this, see her um, continue on, see Mac continue to grow up and all of that. Um, but if this is it, then again, it was a hell of a ride. Very unexpected with the early season death of one of the main characters. But I think that they fleshed out the story so well and that Calvin was still has such a large presence throughout the storyline that um, thankfully as an audience at least we did not have to fully miss him and not get an understanding of who that person was who that character was and um, I appreciate the empowerment of ladies even with Elizabeth encouraging the one lady to get her uh, go and become a surgeon and all these things and just that messaging throughout of you know pursuing your dreams um, so overall, like I said, it's, it was a great series to watch. And um, if they do decide to do a season two, I'll be here for it. Yes, this was well done. I have watched book adaptations and they've been horrible. And this one did not disappoint. I, even the things that they added was done well and wasn't cringy. So I appreciated that to the utmost. The performances were lovely. When it came to Calvin's character, I was like, he looks so freaking familiar. And when I found out that he is freaking Bill Pullman's son, I was like, Independence Day? (laughs) While you were sleeping? How old am I? (laughs) (laughs) But 
when I found out that was his son, I was like, that's his entire face. Of course, that's his son. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes so much sense. But man, this was a wild ride and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And if there is another season, I'm a little nervous because, you know, no more source material. <laughs> we know how that goes. Shout out to Game of Thrones. Bravo. Bravo to everyone involved. And that's all we have, Ashley. Time for Hidden Gems. All right. I have one Hidden Gem today, and that is a series on Hulu that I'm watching. I'm not sure what network it may air on um, otherwise, but I'm watching on Hulu called Black Cake. Um, Mm, It stars a character who is, it's a drama mystery, and she is has a lot of secrets she (laughs) escaped from her home and has gone through quite a journey um in her life and so it's really exploring that and exploring her relationships with her family subsequently as a result of things that have gone on I don't want to give away too much because there's a lot of revelations that you will want to be surprised about in the actual series itself um it's dropping, I believe, weekly. I'm on like episode five. So still a lot more to discover and uncover, but it's a really fascinating series and I'm really enjoying it so far. So that's my one hidden gem, Black Cake Hulu. What about you, Delora? I have three hidden gems this week, Ashley. So one is kind of one in the same. <laughs> you had this on your previous hidden gems list. It's Happiness for Beginners. It is a film on Netflix. I was planning on reading the book before I watched the movie and I did just that. I wanted to highlight the novel by Catherine Center as well as the film because this is a book adaptation just for a series and I just thought that was fitting. The book is definitely better than the movie. The movie is great if you just want to watch something light and not think too hard about it, but there could have been more chemistry (laughs) And Ashley, you know what's funny? There's more of an age difference in the book than there was in the movie. Like, Mm. he was legit 10 years younger than her (laughs) in the book. And so the dynamic, the dynamics were a little bit different in the choices that they made. But um, both were fun. And like I said, I I think it was worth mentioning a book and its adaptation. The second or third hidden gem I have this week is a novel called uh, Check and Mate. It's a novel by Ellie Hazelwood. She is very popular in the romance space um, for her books like The Love Hypothesis um, and Love on the Brain, which I both read. The first one is better, but those are very, very spicy. This is her first YA novel. And the reason why I brought it up is, one, it reminds me of a young, modern-day Queen's Gambit. And then two, it's about a young woman doing badass things in a male-dominated space. And so I thought it was fitting, and it reminded me a lot about Elizabeth Zott's journey in Lessons of Chemistry. And it was a fun read. So those are my hand gems. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for sticking with us today. Um, we'll be back with more but please in the meantime share this episode with your friends family loved ones we appreciate it and until next time as always be blessed